I am sick of hearing these bullshit Superman stories about the Wassa legendary Bruce Leroy catching bullets with his teeth. <laughs> catches bullets with his teeth. Please. The secret awaits eyes unclouded by ambition. What? Those who are bound by desire see only that which can be held in their hands. See? Now it is mumbo jumbo like that. Now all the masses know that you need to glow, you need to glow, the glow to grow. If you love to live, you live to love. Fight, you gotta move to the upper level. Cause when you got the glow, there is no stopping what you want to do. Welcome to Sweet Play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How's everybody doing out there today? I am doing great. I am so excited to be recording this podcast. It's May 1st, and in just a couple of days, it's going to be some Avengers time. And uh, I'm so pumped up because, you know, The Last Dragon is such a great movie. And I'm also pumped up because of the fact that I'm going to see The Avengers. And not the fact that I have to watch it on Friday. But I get to see it at midnight. That's right, folks. Yours truly has finally, uh, finally gonna go see a midnight showing. I can't flip and believe it. Unbelievable. And here's the cool thing about it. It was the wife's idea. Uh, she's like, you know what would be cool is if we went to the midnight showing. I said, are you serious? I'm like, are you doing drugs or something? I mean, you never, I, I never thought in a million years you want to do it. But you know what? My wife, she loves the Hulk. Loves, 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 loves the Hulk. And, uh, she's just, we've been doing the, uh, the Marvel Marathon. We had such a great time doing it. It was so fun. And, uh, she is just, uh, just so pumped up. For this film and she's like you know what let's go do a midnight showing so I went down to the movie theater and uh, I got myself the uh, the the tickets and uh, and then of course I walked away with a, a big old box of popcorn with tons and tons of butter and uh, you know we rented some movies and then after that uh, we gave like the other half of the popcorn to the kids because we're like you know in a couple days we're going back to the theater so let's just give the rest of the popcorn to the kids uh, I'll talk about the movies I ran in just a second here. But here's the cool thing. I'm just so excited. I'm going to a midnight show. Now, here's the thing. Due to my heart condition, as you guys know from the Ghostbusters episode, or should I say, don't know since nobody flipping downloaded the Ghostbusters live episode. But, hey, all is forgiven because it is three hours long. I don't expect you to sit down and listen to a three-hour episode. So that's forgiven. So for those of you who don't know, I have a heart condition. Uh, I have an arrhythmia. And, uh, and my, my heart, uh, if you don't know what an arrhythmia is, I found out about it when uh, 
my daughter um, had had a procedure and uh, and I and I passed out and I woke up and, and had the doctors tell me, do you know you have an irregular heartbeat? I was like, what are you talking about? You know, I and I just had you know my checkup just a couple days earlier. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah. So I had to stay in the hospital for like three days and I had this uh, I had this Japanese guy come and just basically tell me no smoking. Uh, which I'm like, okay, no problem. I don't smoke. No drinking. I'm like, okay, no problem. I don't drink. And no caffeine. That's your strict diet for the rest of your life. I was like, wait a second. I am a Pepsi-holic. All right, what are you trying to say that I can't have caffeine? And they're like, well, you know, due to this, it'll race your heart, blah, 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 blah. It could cause you to go into your, your arrhythmia. So we had a deal. Basically, I'm allowed to have one caffeinated drink a day. So, uh, so needless to say, I can't have the energy drinks. You know, like the the, the five hour energy because you know it gets my my heart racing. Now, I know some of you in the live show they kind of joked about the whole well, how do you do the whole husband and wife thing? Trust me, everything's cool there, no problems in that area. But it just has to do with. Uh, with uh, stuff that could really get the heart racing, hardcore style, which would be, uh, you know, energy drinks, caffeine, that kind of stuff. So I, I got to figure out some ways to, to stay awake, you know, because me, I always go to work at 6 a.m. You know, I get up at 5, 5.30 the latest, get to work by 6. So the fact of this movie's at midnight, it's going to get over at 2.30 and then I got to be at work the next day. You know, I, I'm going to need some pointers here. You know, I'm going to have to talk to Jason and be like, dude. How do you do the midnight thing? Because I have no idea. So I'm kind of screwed. I have no ways of keeping me awake. Uh, so yeah, it's it's going to be fun, challenging. And and then the coolest thing is after that, she said, you know what? We should go see it again on Saturday. So, uh, so yeah, I'm super excited. Now, originally on Facebook, I posted that I wanted to be one of the first people to have an Avengers review. Uh, here's the thing. I think this will probably be the best. I'm going to go see it at the midnight show. Kind of sit on a little bit, and then I'm going to go again on Saturday, uh, just to see if I feel the same way I did after the adrenaline, the adrenaline rush of uh, of the midnight showing. So I will record just like I do normally on Tuesday. Uh, that'll give you enough time to send in your emails on the Avengers. Now I know other podcasts are doing the Avengers review. If you just want to copy and paste that sucker and send it to me. That is totally cool because I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So so just count on next Tuesday will be the Avengers episode. And it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be epic. I, I can't wait. Good times. So, yeah, uh, that that's kind of what I have for uh, – for kind of the the intro of things before we get in the movie and music news, um, but the movies I had watched on the weekend, I, I watched Dark Tide or yeah, D- Dark Tide. It was a Halle Berry shark movie. Now the cool thing is it was directed by John Stockwell, which is Mike from My Science Project, and they use real life uh, great white footage. Uh, but the movie was so boring. I fell asleep twice because it was so boring. The action doesn't happen. And there's like action scene in the, in the beginning, in the middle, and then the end. That's it. Otherwise, it's completely boring. I fell asleep. No, don't recommend it unless you want to see live great white shark footage. You can fast forward through the movie. And then the other one was Wolf Town. Completely horrible D movie. Uh, I, I shut it off after 20 minutes. Absolutely sucks. So those were the two movies I was talking about earlier. So enough of that stuff. So let's get into some uh, good old movie and music news. Uh. <laughs> well, you listen to how small it is. <laughs> hey, uh, 
All right, now uh, for movie and music news, the first part of movie news, and this just came out just a couple of hours ago, and I'm very, very excited to report this. So uh, my old co-host, uh, original co-host Tim, uh, back in the Back to the Future days, he sent me a text, and he's like, "Dude, Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo just got signed to a six-picture deal to play the Hulk." I was like, "Get the heck out of here! You're full of crap." I was like, I need proof. So he sent me the link, and I was like, holy crap. So I just posted on Facebook today on the Sweet Delay podcast page and then on my personal page. I am super excited about this. Now, here's a couple things why this is so cool. Number one, uh, since one of, if not the main complaint of the Avengers for people who haven't seen it is the fact that we don't have Edward Norton playing the Hulk, we have Mark Ruffalo playing the Hulk, and, you know, I can't really say there's anything solid that I've seen him in. It, people kind of take him or, uh, or leave him, but I guess the response has been so good in, re- in regards to how he did in the Avengers that, uh, that the fans have changed their mind. And, I mean, this is people, you know, we haven't even seen it yet in America, or at least, you know, North America. So, uh, if those people are that excited, I mean, everybody's got to be changing their tone. And as I said, I enjoy this actor, I really do. Uh, I'm excited for the fact he's going to be playing the Hulk, but this tells me that Marvel, giving him a six-picture deal to be the Hulk, is flipping awesome. Now, that probably includes the first movie, Avengers 2, uh, there's talks of him being in Iron Man 3, and then maybe cameos in other films, and then probably his own Hulk film. Either way, I don't care. It's about time that the Hulk gets the love and respect that he deserves, and I really, truly believe that the Hulk uh, steals the movie in the Avengers because that's the rumors that I've been hearing, so uh, I cannot wait for it. My favorite, favorite scene from the Avengers trailer is it's the slow-motion scene where the Hulk and Black Widow are breaking through the glass. Oh man, that looks so flipping awesome. I cannot wait to see it. So yeah, I'm super pumped uh, that he's going to be in a six-picture deal. Uh, I'm hoping a lot of people are going to change their minds and how they feel and, and just say, you know, he he was the best. Uh, he was the best banner, and uh, and his Hulk was awesome. So I can't wait. So that that just came out just a couple hours ago. So if you want to read more about it, just go to the Facebook page and uh, and go ahead and read up on that. It's some good stuff. Now, for those of you who don't know, who may have been living under a rock, the ones that are going to go see the Avengers, we are getting the brand new Dark Knight uh, Rises trailer. Now, this is trailer number three. Now, this is going to be more focused on Catwoman. Now, actually, it came out today online, but I have enough willpower where, where I am not going to check it out because I want to see it on the big screen and I want to hear it super loud and then the cool thing is I'm gonna go see it Saturday so I get to see it twice and then after that I can go online and watch it as many times as I want but I'm just super excited to see the fact of I'm getting to see a new Dark Knight Rises trailer from what I hear it's beyond awesome and sweet and then evidently the new Amazing Spider-Man trailer is going to be attached as well now you know I've had a lot of talks with my friends there's no doubt about it that The Dark Knight Rises, I truly feel, will be the most financial successful film of the year. And, I mean, it comes out in, in, in July. 
But, uh, you know, The Avengers is just so pumped up because we've never had a movie like this where we're having so many superheroes in one film. We've built up years to get to this point. Everybody's super excited about it. But, uh, you know, Avengers is going to be the fun film, and then The Dark Knight is going to be kind of the the serious epic film. But I really believe that this is kind of how it's going to go for the rest of the year. I think it'll be The Dark Knight Rises, uh, number one. The Avengers number two and then Hunger Games number three in regards to box office, uh, overall box office for the year. That's kind of my prediction. G.I. Joe 2, I know will be in there somewhere, but based on the first one, I have no idea how high it's going to rate up there. But that's kind of my thoughts. Dark Knight number one, number two will be Avengers, and number three will be uh, Hunger Games. So, but uh, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man. You know, it's it's kind of bad that it's coming out this year. It's way overshadowed by the Avengers and uh, and the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, I'm sure there will be a lot of love for this film, but I guess we'll see how the trailer goes. And uh, and I just honestly think that uh, it's just the wrong time, man, for it to come out. But it had no choice due to legal issues. It had to come out, but we shall see how this movie does. Uh, I'm excited to see the trailer because I have to be honest, I have not checked out. Uh, any full-blown trailer for this the only one I saw is the one where you see from his point of view where he's on top of rooftops and jumping over and and it's just hanging on uh, hanging on a building and stuff like that so that's the only amazing spider-man trailer that I've seen now I'm not sure if I mentioned this before but uh, they are going to reboot the mummy franchise now uh, I really enjoy the mummy franchise but even the mummy the Brendan Fraser mummy that was a reboot of an original film so it's no, not really a big deal to me. Uh, I'll be interested to see um, kind of how that goes because uh, I really enjoyed The Mummy and Mummy 2, Mummy 3. Uh, uh, it was average at best. I mean, it was cool seeing Jet Li, but the fact of Rachel Wise was not in the film really hurt the film for me. So really, you know, uh, I'll just I'll kind of take it as it goes. But uh, but yeah, The Mummy is going to be, uh, gonna be uh, rebooted. So... We shall see who everybody, you know, who they get cast and stuff. Now, Battleship, you know, there's been a lot of jokes about Battleship. You know, hey, they sunk my Battleship. But I'll tell you, overseas, this movie's kicking some major butt. And, of course, this movie, just like The Avengers, is not released yet. And, uh, and I'm sure that this film is going to be gonna be doing some major money. Uh, I'm excited about it. It should be pretty fun. So, yeah, Liam Neeson, you know, I love that guy. So, uh, you know, I will definitely check it out, but I'm not going to check it out in theaters. I will check it out on DVD when it comes up. And uh, for Expendables 2, you know, this is coming out uh, in August, right before my anniversary. So I'm pretty excited. And if you didn't know who's going to be in this film, we got Arnold Schwarzenegger. We got Bruce Willis. We got Chuck Norris, Dolph Lundgren, Jason Statham, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jet Li, Liam Hems- Hemsworth, which I think is the brother of Thor. We have Randy Culture, uh, uh, Culture, Sylvester Stallone, Terry Crews, and uh, and Yunnan. So uh, I'm excited to see how they're going to do this. Unfortunately, it's going to be PG-13, which is going to suck. But uh, I'm hoping that it's going to be a very good PG-13. But uh, the movie should really be R. But due to Chuck Norris being in the film, as I kind of mentioned, uh, couple podcasts ago that the film was going to be pg-13 but nothing you can really do about it so um other interesting news that happened there's been some complaints that there's no viral campaign for the dark knight rises you know we had a big viral campaign for the dark knight but uh you know i I really listen to batman on film a lot Uh, i listen to modern myth media and, and they really broke out 
the uh, the timeline of the Dark Knight compared to now, and they said right about now is when we should get a viral campaign for the Dark Knight Rises, and sure enough, we got a new viral campaign, which the the viral campaign is what helped to unlock the uh, the trailer that came out today. So if you go to uh, www.thedarknightrises.com, you will see the viral campaign. I'm sure that's really going to blow up. And then um, in the trailer, uh, there's this thing called CinemaCon. And uh, it's kind of uh, really for the the big chiefs, if you will. You know, like uh, for you to see footage to want to put it in your theater. And just kind of the big the big guys. You know, not really for fans. But Batman on film, they were uh, kind of the press release. And uh, they got to see about 10 minutes of footage, which really dealt with uh, Catwoman. And then they said that probably a lot of that is going to be in the trailer. Uh, so... But they said that Bane's voice, especially a lot of it, was shown from the prologue, had been fixed. It was so much clearer and and everything. So I'm very interested to see in the trailer how it goes. Uh, I really had no worries about it. I knew that Christopher Nolan was going to was gonna take care of what he needed to do. I mean, of course, with a mask on, you can only be so clear. But I knew it was going to be audible for everybody to be able to hear and understand. And that was the one thing is there was a universal uh, non-complaint uh, when everybody got done watching it, so I ain't worried. It's pretty cool, and the fact of that the big guys weren't uh, weren't complaining means that uh, it was fixed, and everybody was kind of blown away, and and their jaws were dropping to the floor, and <laughs> uh, just a lot of really good reviews. So, uh, so that's what I got for movie news. Now let's get into some music news here. All right, now in music news this week, any of you guys out there that are some Pearl Jam fans, they are itching to finish the album this year. They're hoping to get that uh, wrapped on up, but you know, due to Eddie Vedder's injury and and uh, there's just been a few things that have been slowing them down. So uh, hopefully, if you are a fan of that band, you will be getting your new CD soon. Uh, any of you country folks out there that like Carrie Underwood, I mean, Carrie Underwood is kind of. Uh, you know, she's kind of crossed over, not as much as Taylor Swift, though, but uh, Carrie Underwood's new CD came out today. It's called Blown Away. So if you were a fan of Carrie Underwood, go check that out. It is on iTunes right now. And then also for the, um, there's also this tour that's being um, started up. It's Jennifer Lopez, Enrique Iglesias. They're going to be doing a summer tour together, which kind of makes sense. Uh, they're definitely two fun, um, you know, artists. And, uh, you know, Enrique's been on American Idol before, and uh, so, yeah, it's all good. Uh, I mean, I'm probably not going to to watch it, but for any of you fans out there, make sure you go looking for the new tour that's going to be hitting your place very, very soon. Now, uh, any Lenny Kravitz fans out there, Lenny Kravitz, because I can't speak today, uh, what he's doing is he has his, uh, his CD, Mama Said. It's going to be reissued in a deluxe fashion on June 5th. Kind of like Katy Perry. Um, she Her new single, which she was just on American Idol recently, uh, and you've probably seen the music video. She's like in the army. Uh, she essentially reissued her CD, and, and that's kind of the one thing when, when artists reissue CDs or uh, they bring out uh, a greatest hits. They always try to, at least the artists that I know of, they try to at least have some new songs on there. So that way uh, you have an incentive to want to go ahead and buy uh, the CD, especially if you already own everything. But uh, usually the diehard fans will go out and buy a greatest hits CD or people that are not uh, have any of the previous CDs. That's usually the one that they want to pick up the most. 
is the greatest hit CD. So if you are a Lenny Kravitz fan, be on the lookout June 5th, which, again, June 5th is my birthday. Uh, make sure you go ahead and check that on out. It's going to be the Deluxe Edition. And the last bit of music news. Now, if you uh, like award shows, which, uh, you know, award shows nowadays are definitely interesting. I can kind of take them or leave them. But if you like to watch the Billboard Music Awards, which is still somewhat uh, entertaining, here are going to be the performers of, uh, of Billboard Music Awards. We have Usher, we have some Kelly Clarkson, we have some Linkin Park, and we have Nelly Furtado. Now, uh, the one I'm really excited to see would be Linkin Park. I'm really hoping that they're going to be doing their new single, Burn It Down, which was last week's Music Spotlight. Uh, you know, I definitely enjoy Linkin Park and, and their live. Uh, their live songs are definitely interesting. Uh, I've noticed that there's some songs where... Uh, they're flipping awesome and do better than the album. And then there's also some songs where, uh, and it's very, very few. I mean, maybe like two or three where I was just like, ah, the album was better. But for me, you know, an artist is an artist if you can perform live and sound better than you do uh, on your CD. And of course, Kelly Clarkson, everybody knows her from American Idol. So she's always performed live. So, uh, you know, she's always solid in her performances. So that's what I got for some music news. Now let's go ahead and get into some TV news. You have too much TV. That's what my mother tells me. All right. Now in TV news, really the only thing I got is on the chopping block this year we have House, uh, which we have about three episodes left of that. We have One Tree Hill. We have Chuck. And everybody thought Fringe would be but. Uh, it just recently got picked up for a final season, which is pretty flippin' awesome. I think they're getting about 13. And uh, and I just love the fact of that uh, a network will go ahead and give you a final season, uh, even if it's just a small number amount. You know, 13 is definitely a decent number, but that's definitely awesome to the fans that you're getting closure instead of, you know, just... Uh, uh, a cliffhanger and then the next uh and then you're expecting to get a season finale or you know a season premiere and nothing shows up and then you find out the show was canceled you know one of the worst ones for me was uh i watched this one show which uh came after pretty little liars uh in the summertime it was called uh the nine lives of chloe king it was kind of a mix between buffy the vampire slayer and uh i, I don't know another show to compare it to but you know, she's kind of like, uh, she's a girl who kind of has, like, these cat-like powers. She's, like, real superhuman. She doesn't turn into a cat, but she has, like, she can see better, she can hear better, but she actually has nine lives. And uh, and the season finale, which you thought was a season finale, they flipping, like, killed off, like, all these people, and you think they're coming back, and then they cancel the show. And it's just like, that's the worst, man. When you get just such a horrible cliffhanger of a show, and then they flip in, don't ever bring it back, and you get no closure, and it absolutely sucks. So just super glad for the fans of Fringe, which I never watched Fringe. I love uh, I love uh, Joshua Jackson. You know, I've always been a fan of Joshua Jackson, but I've never gotten into Fringe. But I am excited and happy for the fans of Fringe, just like Chuck. They got a final season. Uh, I really love and respect when uh, TV shows are getting Get in their props, man. It's some good stuff. So, and hopefully, uh, Supernatural is definitely on an awesome kick. I'm more than likely sure that they're going to get a season eight, but I just hope when Supernatural is going to go out, that they give it uh, that they give it a farewell season, as you know, it, which would be awesome. And uh, CSI Miami, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I didn't know it was going to be a series finale, but 
at least uh, they knew it was going to be a series finale kind of midway through the season and they were able to give you a really good episode. But all in all, that's what I have for uh, for TV news. So let's go ahead and get into the review of The Last Dragon. From Motown man, Harry Gordy, the movie that mixes the hottest music with the coolest moves around. Scene is being set, a night for romance. 
All right, The Last Dragon. Boy, am I excited to do this film. And, uh, you know, when I started this podcast, this was definitely one of those films that instantly I I thought of, I got to review this film. Uh, I never got around to it in the very beginning. Other movies kind of took precedence, but uh, I'm finally here, finally doing this movie, and I am excited. Now, for those of you who do not know The Last Dragon, this came out in 1985, and this is a kung fu film. However, this is probably, and I, you know, quote me if I'm wrong here, but I think this is the only musical kung fu film in existence. I could be wrong on that. Uh, now, it's not a musical as you're thinking of, like, uh, people walk around and they start singing and crap like that. No, this is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Now, if you don't know, it, I mean, instantly based on the title, this has got to tell you a few things before we even get into this film. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Now, Barry Gordy, this guy is an American record producer. He was the founder of Motown Record Label. I mean, that should tell you right there. A bunch of different things. Now, Motown record label, I mean, essentially, uh, this record label has a bunch of uh, rhythm and blues, some soul, some pop. I mean, this is definitely uh, your place to go for the funk, for the rhythm and blues. I mean, think Soul Train. I mean, that's kind of the, the record label that we're dealing with here. So, Barry Gordy. Now, Barry Gordy, the reason why it's called that is, is he is the producer uh, of the film and... Uh, you know, essentially it was a critical disappointment, but this is now in the cult classic status. All right, now our main star of the film is Ty Mac. Now, Ty Mac, I mean, this guy, he didn't really go on to do a whole lot of other things. I mean, he was in a lot of TV shows and things like that, but this this is his very first movie. And what's really great about this movie is the fact that this guy didn't know how to act. He just knew martial arts. And they taught him to act while he was doing this film. And that's why this guy works so well. Because he comes off as just a, a carefree, very inner peace kind of guy. I mean, this guy is flipping amazing. I mean, this movie is just so, so awesome. I mean, this is, uh, you know, he loves Bruce Lee. So this is kind of like a 1985 Bruce Lee flick. Except the difference is is you have another guy who's Bruce Lee and you have music in it. And we're talking like tons and tons of music and it's awesome. And there's another uh, there's another actress called uh, called Vanity. Now Vanity, the other another movie you may know her from is Action Jackson, uh, but she posed in Playboy and uh, she you know she had her own um, she was in this group called the Vanity Six and uh, she was also part of Motown Records and her single uh, was actually in this movie uh, Vanity Six one of their biggest uh, hits was Nasty Girl which was produced by Prince back in 1982 and uh, she went through a lot of really bad stuff I mean our two main actors here is uh, is Tymac and Vanity now if you notice they're both one names now Tymac he actually I'll get into him in just a little bit here but Vanity after this film really had a really hard life she got really into like uh like cocaine, uh, really, really bad. Um, there, there was actually this one point where she almost died from the effects of smoking the cocaine. And uh, she got rushed to the hospital. His doctor said she only has three days to live. And she actually said that uh, Jesus came to her, spoke to her, and just said, look, if you promise to give up your, your vanity persona, I'll let you live. 
So back in 1985, she she gave everything up. She threw out all of her tapes, her interview tapes, every movie she was in. She uh, basically got rid of the whole vanity thing. She actually had a, a kidney transplant. She actually went on to be um, a preacher. But uh, unfortunately, due to the cocaine that she did, she has to uh, every day, uh, five times a day, has to go through um, – uh, through this treatment to help keep her alive, but uh, you know she went through a really hard time, and then uh, and then Tymac, you know this guy, he actually uh, afterwards he kind of fell into uh, suicide. I mean he did a lot of TV stuff. He was on like a different world. Um, he was on like Red Shoe Diaries. He, at one point, he was on Beverly Hills 90210. But unfortunately, I mean this is the movie that made this guy. You know, a lot of people's eyes, this guy's a legend. I love this guy. He's flipping awesome. Uh, if I was, I mean, he's definitely up there for one of my favorite martial, one of my favorite martial arts. I mean, this guy is just, he's so flipping good. And the fact of how, the fact of this is his first movie, this guy is Bruce Leroy. I mean, this guy is it. You're watching, it's like life imitating art. You know what I'm saying? It's just, this guy's so awesome. And, you know, he had a hard time with, uh, you know, with suicide and stuff. And, and he came back and, uh, and it, he's got his own, like, uh, uh, Broadway show and he at one point uh, he actually did Roadhouse the comedy uh, so he's 47 years old now but uh, these two actors they really had a hard time after The Last Dragon but uh, they will forever be remembered for this film uh, they had excellent chemistry together uh, excellent excellent and uh, here's the thing with this film uh, it is, uh, it is beloved by many, many people, including yours truly. I flippin' love this movie. The music is amazing. The story is great. The martial arts is beyond. I mean, this is Kung Fu. This is one unbelievable kick-ass Kung Fu film. Unbelievable. I love it. Absolutely great. So, uh, let's get into the, the plot detail and then we'll get into all the good stuff here. So the film is set in uh, New York City. Now um, we get uh, we get this guy. His name's Leroy Green, or AKA Bruce Leroy, because this guy is infatuated with Bruce Lee. You know, Bruce Lee's kung fu. He's kung fu. I mean, this guy is like the black Bruce Lee. I mean, that's how good this guy is. I mean, just take Bruce Lee and 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 put it uh if if bruce lee was another guy this would be it i mean this guy is just flipping awesome i mean you could debate that with like jackie chan or, or jet lee but in my eyes this guy is just as flipping awesome as bruce lee i mean he imitates his moves and his uh the way he talks and and just oh he's just so flipping good so um so he's a martial arts student obviously and uh he dreams of becoming uh, a great martial artist just like his idol Bruce Lee. Now, Leroy, he goes on this quest because he he's reached the final level, uh, which is, well, he wants to reach the final level. And uh, the only way to do that is to go on this mission to, to meet the master. And martial, art, uh, martial artists uh, who reach this final level are said to possess, uh, quote-unquote, the glow, which, which I'll get into the details of the glow in, in a little bit. But uh, it's kind of like an energy that uh, if it's attained by the true 
quote unquote master. Uh, he'll have like uh, he'll be like the greatest fighter alive. So on his journey to become the last dragon uh, and and to find to find the glow, uh, Leroy he's got to confront some villains on his way there. One of them is Eddie Arcadian, and also the the over the top, crazy, ridiculous, super cool Shonuff or Shogun of Harlem, and uh, and he's got to also protect his younger brother Richie. And then, of course, his love interest, uh, Laura, which uh, she's played by Vanity, is a, a TV music host. So we get a couple great, uh, great adventures in regards to him trying to find the master and uh, his his relationship with uh, with Laura and his relationship with his brother. There's a lot of great characters in this film. Uh, you get to find out, uh, you know, we actually have two villains in this film versus your typical one, which is kind of a little tiny twist, so to speak, especially in a, in a kung fu film. And, uh, and then when we get to the end of the film, the last 20 minutes are just unbelievable kung fu heaven. Uh, it's some great stuff. Uh, but we'll get into the details of that in just a little bit. Now, uh, some of the uh, some of the interesting cast members that we have in this film. So, uh, so as I was saying, Timac. I mean, this guy he was 20 years old when this film uh, when this film started, and uh, and of course he was uh, you know a black belt. And uh, Leroy has uh, has a younger sister Sophia, which we would all know her as Keisha Knight Pollum from the Cosby Show. Now, of course, she's only like three or four years old in this film. Uh, good old Ernie Rees Jr., which this is Ernie Rees Jr.'s first film, which is flipping awesome. He's 12 years old. Uh, he's in this film. Uh, we have uh, Bruce Leroy. Uh, his younger brother is Richie, um, which his brother, uh, very, very interesting character. Uh, he's actually, um, if you know the hip-hop group, the Sugar Hill Gang, uh, he's actually the younger brother of Guy O'Brien who was known as Master Gee in the Sugar Hill Gang, which is pretty cool. And uh, then we also have uh, William H. Macy. He actually makes a brief appearance as uh, JJ. Uh, we have Ch- uh, Chaz Palmerian, uh, which, uh, I mean, a lot of people know that this guy, he actually is like a hood, uh, a hoodlum, so to speak, uh, which is pretty cool. And then we also have uh, another kid as part of uh, part of the the friends of, uh, of Richie, uh, he would actually be in the Cosby Show and Martin, um, and his real name is uh, is Carl Anthony Payne the second. So pretty cool stuff. Now the music in this film uh, is really you know it's got a bunch of uh, uh, boy we got some hip hop in this in in this thing. We got some R and B. I mean we have some DeBarge rhythm of the night as you know. I mean I, I played that before. This uh, before this started, I mean that's probably the biggest song from this film. Um, I my wife thought that this song was from the Barge album. I said actually this song came from the Last Dragon soundtrack and then would eventually go on their greatest hits album. And the Barge, as you know, they did uh, Who's Johnny, which a couple episodes ago I did the Short Circuit series. So uh, you know the Motown Records, of course, is the one that did this in Vanity. She had a song called Seventh Heaven which she does in this film. And then the big guy of the uh, of the music is Willie Hutch. Willie Hutch goes on to do the famous song, The Glow and Inside You. And, uh, and it's, it's some flipping awesome stuff, man. So uh, really, really good music in this film, as you can tell. The soundtrack's flipping amazing. I love it. It's some good stuff. Now, 
let's get into the really good stuff with this film. And there is a lot of it. So the credits. Now, last film I did, which was Major League, uh, you know, I mentioned that the credits, the opening sequence, the music was real slow and boring and it was uh, not a real good way to start off the film. This movie, man, right off the bat, you got a music, you got uh, you got an awesome intro with uh, with with Leroy doing his uh, doing his martial arts training. And uh, when we get to uh, you know, we see him do all these really cool stuff, and we see his master uh, have this bow and arrow, and he's shooting arrows at the guy. I mean, what a way to start off a film when you have your trainer shooting arrows at you. I mean, that's got to tell you the kind of guy that we're dealing with here in regards to our main character. And uh, now Leroy, he's a definitely interesting, fun character because he's always got to do the wah wah wah, you know, the the real loud uh, kung fu moves that we all know and love. Uh, the kind of the over the top cheesy uh, sounds uh, that he does, but he does it awesome, man. He do, it's so flipping good. Now uh, Leroy's uh, Leroy Leroy's teacher, um, he shoots three arrows at him, and the first two, you know, Leroy cuts in half, and the third one Leroy catches because they're all uh, they're color coded. And he was supposed to catch the red one, which he did. His master comes over and just says, "How did you know?" And he's just like. I don't know. I just didn't. He rips his patch off, and of course he goes. He gets to his knees. Now this his master. He's definitely different than you know, quote unquote, Mr. Miyagi. This guy, he's all about the jokes. He only gets serious like twice in the whole entire film. And I mean, he's not in the film a lot, but this guy's all about the jokes. He's just like, ah, I see that uh, you've been at the Leroy. You've been at the movies again. I see, thinking that there's disappointment. And he tries to explain to him that, you know, you were able to catch the arrow without knowing, you know, you knew without knowing and uh, you've reached the, the final, the final end of your training. And, uh, and Leroy's just like, ah, I'm not ready. How can I possibly have reached the final, the, you know, the final training. And so what does his master do? His master says, you know what? Uh, there is this one guy that you can talk to called the master. Uh, he's some dumb goy is kind of the place where he's located at and he's known to be the wisest man in all the universe so uh why don't you go talk to him to get your final level training that you need because you know he says that the cycle is now over your new journey begins and leroy's just like i'm confused and his master's just like good confusion is the way of life and just starts to laugh at him uh but he gets serious when you know leroy just starts to complain about how He's just not ready. He's just like, I am no longer your master. And that's when he decides to to, to send him on this quest. And what does he do? He gives him this gold um, this gold medallion for him to wear around his neck because he says it belonged to Bruce Lee. And, of course, he cherishes it. And, uh, and, and then you see Leroy uh, get ready to go on his mission. Now, Leroy is dressed up in some kung fu clothes. Now, you know, back then it looked dorky. And, uh, and now and now it would definitely look dorky. Uh, but the dude pulls it off because he's just like, oh, he thinks he's, he just walks suave. You know, he just has, he, the thing with Leroy is, is he has confidence. You know, he has confidence in himself. And that's why he's able to pull off his outfits. Uh, he's just very in tune with his heart, with his mind, his soul, his spirit. I mean, that's why this guy works. He is just, he's the full package, man. Uh, but he has one little problem and the fact of his problem is is that the dude's never had a girlfriend before so obviously in that particular area of life he has no idea 
with women, which is fine. You know, we'll get into that in just a little bit. So, uh, and then we get the uh, the William Hutch, the Willie Hutch song "Inside You," which uh, gives a pretty cool montage. And uh, so we get to uh, the theater scene. Man, I love this scene. This scene brings back the good old days, man. I'll tell you, this is just like my theater back at my back in Chicago. Uh, you know, gang signs all over and tagging on it. And, uh, now, I didn't actually have dudes like this before because I was young, of course. But these guys are all like watching a Bruce Lee film. They got their alcohol out. They got their uh, they're just being loud and obnoxious. And uh, when Bruce Lee kicks this one guy's in, in the nuts. They all start to grab their stuff and they're just like, oh, and one guy's smoking weed, talking about how, yeah, man, you screwed up, man. And uh, it's just, it's some good stuff. So, I mean, all these guys are having a good time. And one of the really cool scenes is uh, this person is playing a radio. And this one, this one Oriental guy, he just kind of, and he's a big guy too, really cool. And he, and he just turns his head and he's got the same look that Bruce Lee does, which I believe this film is Enter the Dragon. Uh, forgive me if I don't know that 100%. I haven't seen Enter the Dragon forever, but I really swear that this is uh, Enter the Dragon. And uh, to tell you for sure, this is where Bruce Lee will eventually jump on top of a guy and kill him. That's the movie that uh, that I'm referring to. And uh, so as Bruce Lee is turning his head, and, and then this guy turns his head, he gets out of his chair and he jumps on top of the stereo just as Bruce Lee is jumping on top of the guy you can see in the background. And he smashes the stereo as Bruce Lee smashes the dude's head. So, so it's some, it's some good stuff. Uh, I love that, uh, and it's just again good times seeing uh, seeing all the dudes just just chilling. So then we get the introduction of good old Shogun or Shonuff. Um, you can't really say what this guy's name is. It's either Shonuff or Shogun because. He walks in and he's just like, am I the baddest? Am I the prettiest? And, and of course, everybody has to say show enough because he has his little group. Now, this guy, this guy has like football pads on. He's got a big old afro. Uh, you would think that this guy is ridiculous, but this guy is not. He is just badass is what he is. From the moment he walks in the movie, he's got the he's got the, uh, the sunglasses on that are like uh, the see-through little lines uh this guy is just awesome uh and i mean his, his afro definitely is just like you feel like you're watching a pam greer film uh which is pretty flipping cool uh and he's just like the shogun of harlem is back and uh and because you know they stopped the movie at this point so he goes to uh you know he's like give me some seats and this one kid's just like uh i know who can beat you and he's like who said that he gets all pissed off and that they pick up this little kid i know who can beat you bruce leroy bruce leroy and this is my flipping favorite line of the whole entire movie and there's some good ones shogun goes up to bruce uh, to leroy and you know leroy's just eating his chinese food just watching the film and he starts to like pretend to punch him in the face, you know, to kind of flinch him out, doesn't even blink. And he's like, is it, you know, if it's not the one and only uh, Leroy Green. And, uh, and, and he starts to, and Shogun starts to rip on him how uh, Bruce Leroy, you know, all this mumble jumbo crap about catching bullets with his teeth, catches bullets with his teeth. 
Negro, please. But of course, he doesn't say Negro. He says the slang term for Negro, which, you know, we won't repeat on the podcast. But the way that he says it to him is so hysterical. And I laugh. I laugh dramatically because the way his face looks and the way he says it is unbelievably funny. It's so good. And Leroy is just like, do whatever. He just starts to talk to him in in the... uh, in the knowledgeable kung fu way and he's just like what he goes this is the mumbo jumbo that i'm talking about so all he wants to do is fight now here's the cool thing with these two characters is the fact of they don't do go into origin they're they're just enemies they don't go into telling you how they became enemies what did bruce do to shogun or whatever it's like there's already history there which is really cool you know a lot of these movies got to have the whole history kind of like uh the dark knight just the Joker's just there. No need to explain. Same thing with Shogun. These two have history together. Shogun is just there, uh, and he hates and he hates Leroy. To him, the only way that he's going to be the master is if he beats Leroy. Leroy, he's all about not fighting. Think Mr. Miyagi. He is just all about the the peace. The martial arts is for protection only, and uh, and and there'll be no fighting whatsoever. So a lot of the people get pissed off and they're just like, why don't you sit down and shut up? He said, why don't I what? And this big guy's like, why don't you sit down and shut up? And this one guy, he's got like a real tight shirt above his stomach, which you could totally not get away with now. Uh, and he's like, what if whoever wants to come down and make me shut up, why don't you come down here and make me? And the guy that stepped on the radio was the first one to come down. And, uh, and the dude gets beat up real bad. He gets his head pushed into the stage and his hair ripped out. And then his uh, boyfriend, a.k.a. girlfriend, a guy dressed up as a girl, uh, is real funny. And Shogun just takes these dudes out, man. They just come running up the stage and just one kick here, one punch there. And uh, as Leroy is leaving the stage, Shogun actually addresses him. And that's when he gets kind of uh, sucker punched. He gets kicked right in the chest. And... Uh, and and he's just like, oh, so he does what I call the rock flip up where, you know, you're laying on the ground and, and he does the flip up off of his hands. But I always say the person that does that the best is the rock. So Shogun does that, grabs his dudes, breaks his flipping leg and bites it. And uh, and, and that, that's kind of the end of the theater scene. I love the theater scene. Man, it's just so flipping good. Brings back the days of being in a crazy theater like this. Uh, but uh, but Shogun, though, man, he makes a big impression on this film right away uh as ridiculous as he looks you know that you can't mess with this guy all right so after the movie theater we get introduced to quote-unquote our our main bad guy of the film eddie arcadian uh, and then kind of his uh his girlfriend or the girl he's using which would be uh angie uh she's more of like a a wannabe cindy lopper and then his buddy uh, who used to be a boxer? His name's Rock in the film, and uh, and Eddie, he's just like a, a real nasty businessman. Got to do whatever it takes. I mean, this guy is willing to kill somebody uh, to get uh, music videos played uh, on uh, Laura Charles, which I'll talk about her in just a second. Uh, he wants to get Angie's video uh, on Laura Charles' show because you know back then music videos uh, were very popular, and uh, of course. Make him tons and tons of money. So you're introduced for just a little bit to uh, to each character, kind of get a feel for them. And then we go right into Laura Charles' uh, Seventh Heaven where we get the good old uh, rhythm of the night. Uh, she's like, I got a video for you. And that's kind of when we're kind of in musical kung fu movie. Uh, they play the kind of the music video. Everybody's dancing. It's, it's like you're watching Soul Train. Uh, very, very cool. Um, so really... The uh, the part that's kind of crazy 
is uh is JJ who's played by William H Macy tries to tell Laura that you know you need to play this video uh this guy will do whatever it takes he's basically pleading with her saying that you know this guy is going to kill me if you don't play my music video and she's just like no nah, I'm not going to do it blah 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 you know why don't you call the cops you know all that kind of stuff and because she's got to go out and she's got to do her performance so, you know, she tells JJ no. She goes out and does a performance. So this is Vanity doing her real song, uh, Seventh Heaven. Now, uh, Vanity uh, does an excellent, excellent job as playing Laura Charles. This is the only part of the film that for me, um, not the only part of the film, but I should say uh, when she does this performance, oh man it's so over the top cheese factor uh i kind of cringe a little when i see her just sing i I mean there's some parts where she's singing this song and i'm like okay i can go with it but the way like her face will just kind of just like her eyes will roll up in the back of her head and you can just she's just going way over the top with this song uh but that's kind of this movie this movie is over the top and uh i'll get more in the detail about over the topness in just a little bit but I mean, think about it. this from the title alone, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. You should know that this is going to be this is a musical kung fu film. So this is not your typical. This is not your father's kung fu film. This is a musical kung fu film. So I'm OK with this cheese factor from Vanity here from from Laura Charles. I can go with it because of the fact of she's just being a performer. She's probably doing what she normally does on stage. I don't know. I've never seen any of Vanity's real performances, but for here, I'm just kind of like, I go with it, but I'm just like, I kind of roll my eyes. I'm like, cheese factor, but I'm okay there. So you're introduced to Leroy's brother uh, in this scene because he is obsessed over Laura. I mean, that's that's his, uh, you know, I mean, uh, is uh, Leroy's brother, uh, his name is Richie. He's got to be like, I don't know, 13 years old and Leroy's probably 19 or 20 I mean, they definitely don't talk about school or anything like that in regards to Leroy. So I'm going to say he's got to be over 20 because he has his own uh, martial arts class that he does. So let's just say for the sake of it, there's definitely a big age difference there. So you immediately know that uh, he he's in love with Laura just by uh, his infatuation with her. Uh, but during this performance, that's when we get the call that uh, to Eddie Arcadian that she's not going to play the video and uh and he starts to uh that's when that that's when the fun really begins with the film so laura gets done performing goes out she's gonna leave and she gets introduced to leroy now leroy here uh you know as i said he's this dude's not into he's never had a girlfriend before but immediately they make eye connection she kind of winks at him uh he just smiles and uh and eddie uh, sends these group of thugs to to kidnap her but she fights him off but not good enough to where Leroy luckily enough shows up and kicks the crap out of these dudes and he does his uh his crazy face with like his face all mad with his with his mouth wide open when he's like wah 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 it's just, it's some good times man but he kicks the dude's butt with a car it's some good stuff and and that's when you know they take off and that's the time when uh you know, he's like, are you okay? And uh, and he takes off. And guess what? The the medallion, the Bruce Lee medallion that uh, his master gave him, yeah, he lost it. And Laura picks it up. So that's kind of how their connection is going to be where he has to find Laura again in order to get his medallion back. So 
Now the the scene that I just I flip in love is when these dudes are they go to Eddie's to basically tell them that you know they couldn't get a hold of Laura, and uh, and they're all beat up and uh, and they're just like, oh we got beat up by these black guys and and the two white guys look at the black guy like, are you gonna back me up that I just said that and the and the black guys like. Yeah, and they had it with chains, you know. It was just hilarious. I mean, all three of the dudes were just like, you know, saying that Leroy was his big gang. Uh, and Eddie, man, this guy's oh, he's so bad because you know Angie, she's just like Eddie. I'm. She's got a real annoying voice, uh, but it's on purpose though. When she's just like Eddie, I'm hungry. I wanna go. And uh, and then Eddie's just like, I told you to shut up. And she starts to cry and cry. And uh, and then he tries to sweet talk her to stop crying. And he says, fix your face. And then Rock starts to starts to laugh. So Eddie's very abusive to to Angie. But Angie, she's got really nowhere to go. Uh, and she thinks that this is the guy for her. Uh, this is her producer, her boyfriend. Uh, but there's this tank thing. Uh, that they show you earlier in the film. They don't tell you what's in the tank, but that it's a real nasty, dirty tank. And uh, and Rock sticks like this big old pig's foot in there, and it gets eaten. And uh, and you're just you kind of have to use your imagination, which is cool. That's something they did back in the older movies. They didn't show you everything. You actually had to use your imagination, which was pretty cool. So. So when we get to see Leroy uh, with his class, you know, he he's immediately starts off by saying, you know, kind of like in Karate Kid, Sente's got, you know, strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir. So he has all the kids meditating and just saying, you know, may God help me if I ever have to use my art. You know, they just talk about having peace with your mind and your soul and stuff. So, you know, immediately he's a great teacher teaching the kids good things. They're all got their Kung Fu, their, their good Kung Fu outfits on. We get introduced to Johnny. Now, Johnny, this guy is an awesome character. Uh, he's definitely an Oriental uh, American. You could tell like either his mom or his dad was American, uh, like Caucasian. And then like uh, the other one was like uh, Oriental. He's kind of got like the, the Brandon Lee look, you know, uh, and this guy, he's flipping awesome, man. Good stuff. Uh, he's all about being super loud, you know, and his whole thing is to be as loud and as obnoxious as possible. So your enemy will be scared because he, he doesn't really know how to fight. Uh, well, they want you to think he doesn't know how to fight. So his philosophy that he tells Leroy is that, you know, I'm just going to be as loud as obnoxious as possible. So when uh, at, while this is happening, good old Shogun shows up, breaks in to uh, to his dojo, and uh, and kind of challenges Leroy to fight. That's his whole thing. He's got to challenge Leroy to fight. Now Leroy, he's cool, calm, and collective because he's like, you know what? You don't want to fight me. Maybe you can fight one of my girls here. And the girls try to, you know, he's just standing still. Leroy is, and Shogun just laughing while his girls are are going around him. And one of them slaps him in the face, and Leroy's ready to fight. Looks in the back and realizes his students are there. And he's like, he can't fight. You know, it's not it's not the kung fu way. And and he bows. You know, and I'm assuming he's bowing because it's the you know I don't want to fight. But instead, they take it the wrong way. They're like, yeah, that's right, bow, sucker to your master. And they want uh, they want Leroy to bow down. And uh, what do they do, Johnny? Uh, trying to help out Leroy, you opens his big mouth, makes fun of one of the one of the bad guys, and uh, and they threaten to kill Johnny 
if Leroy does not bow down and uh, and kiss the converse, so to speak. And uh, and he gets his you know Leroy gets kicked in the face and uh, and he tries to tell his students that you know it's sometimes hard to be to live in the ways of the wise. Now another scene that I really like is the. Uh, is the bre- is the dinner table scene. Now this is where you're kind of getting introduced to Leroy's brother Richie and you learn that Richie has no respect whatsoever for Leroy. He doesn't like the way that he looks and dresses and the way he acts. He thinks he's too weird and uh and and his father just tries to tell him to chill out and uh and this is part of the theme where you re- where you'll find out that his brother just does not like him and and they fight the whole film and and they bicker and everything but uh, but he turns around because uh, Richie sees Laura on the TV, and immediately uh, he uh, uh, Leroy gets very excited. And he's like, "I I would like to meet her." And his parents just kind of look surprised, like, "Oh my gosh, our son is actually interested in a woman." And uh, and that's when he's uh, on his on his mission to find Laura. Uh, he tries to convince uh, to convince Richie to take to take um, to take him to meet her. So while this is happening. There's a lot of conversation about sex where he's trying to tell, you know, Richie's trying to tell Leroy that, you know what, you know, you may be interested in her, but you have no idea what you're doing. You know, you got to be an there's an art to making love and you don't even have a paint draw, a paintbrush and you're just like, there's no way that she's going to like you. And he's just trying to put him down and all, all Leroy cares about is just finding his medallion. That's all he cares about. I mean, sure, he thinks that she's cute, but his, you know, he's very focused. All he cares about is getting his medallion back, uh, which, which of course, leads us to where Laura gets kidnapped, uh, and uh, and Leroy sees that she's being kidnapped. So what is Leroy gonna do? He's gotta come to the rescue again. Now, uh, now Eddie, he's basically, you know, he's forcing uh, Laura to watch the video. Uh, which the song uh, "Dirty Boy," which is done by Angie, is is pretty funny. It's an interesting song. The video is crazy. I mean, think Cindy Lauper, but on crack. That's essentially the music video that we're uh, that we're subjected to watching. Now, there was one thing I forgot to mention. There's this thing that uh, Richie always says to Leroy that you know, if anybody asks, you ain't my brother, which is basically to tell you that he's not proud of his brother. But that's kind of the nail in the coffin. Is just simply put, you ain't my brother. I'm just, I, you're embarrassing me. You ain't my brother. So that's one thing that, that really comes into play later on in the film. So, uh, what happens? They are going to kill Laura. Now, why are they going to kill Laura? Well, she tells Eddie that she doesn't want to play the video. It's just not the right, uh, you know, and then Angie kind of breaks in and just says, not the right time of night. You know, she's just tired. He's like, you know what? She's going to be dead tired. And he's like, we got to do things my way. And uh, you could tell he's going to do something to him. And, and of course, Leroy breaks in, dressed up like a ninja. And he and he does the, uh, the ninja stars. Now, here's what's funny about this scene. Leroy has this stick and he starts to move the stick around and it starts to do the the kung fu stick sounds like the you know like the real whistling moving so fast that it starts to whistle kind of sound uh absolutely hilarious I mean it definitely flows in the scene over the top good stuff he kicks the living crap I mean it's the same dudes that he beat up before but he beats him up even worse uh, what's really cool is Leroy actually stops one of his kicks from going into Angie's face and uh, you know I mean that tells you he's got a lot of self-control of course but uh, but Eddie finds out who he is you know he grabs a hold of him and he takes his mask off 
And uh, he's just like, you know what? I know you could tell that Eddie knows who he is and he's going to do what he can do to take him out. That's because Leroy takes his head. He goes, hot head needs cool water. And what does he do? He sticks his head in the tank. You're thinking Eddie's head's going to get eaten off by whatever it is. I mean, something happened because when Eddie comes out, he's got blood all over his face. Not all over, but there's definitely a cut on his face. And that's when Eddie officially has a death sentence for Leroy. So that's that's your main guy. That's really the scene that solidifies that this is your bad dude. Uh, Shonoff is awesome, but... Uh, this is your main bad guy. This is the guy that you got to deal with. Uh, and and, and uh, it's some good stuff. Now, uh, what's funny is this is actually the first time after all this crap has happened that Leroy and Laura are actually introduced because uh, she takes him back to her apartment because, you know, he says you'll be safe. And that's when they introduce themselves to each other. And it's kind of funny. You're like almost 30 minutes into the film and, and your two love interests are finally now, after being interacted like twice, are finally introducing themselves. It's kind of a cool twist. I like it. But immediately they have excellent chemistry. Uh, she tries to invite him in and just says that uh, he's like, you know, Miss Charles, I, I lost something. And she's like a belt. The thing that looks like a belt buckle He's like belt buckle. Yeah, the, the gold. Immediately he knows what it is, but he's kind of confused at the whole belt buckle thing. And uh, and she goes, she gets all freshened up. And, uh, and of course, Leroy, this is the thing between Leroy and Laura. That's going to happen this whole movie. Leroy's always got to go. He's always got to leave her hanging. He's always got something to do. And uh, now that he got his medallion back, you know, he likes her, but he's too flippin' shy to stay around her. The dude has no confidence. He, he's confident around everything else. But when it comes to Laura, he ain't got any. So immediately, once he gets his medallion, the dude wants to take off. And that's exactly what he does. So uh, Leroy, uh, he finally finds where uh, where the master is going to be, the the some dumb goy. There's these three funny uh, Oriental guys just dancing and lip singing, and, and they're they're excellent. They're excellent guys. I mean, they're super funny. Uh, they're doing they're dancing in this really cool song, and Leroy just comes up to him and just says, you know, I want to see the master, and they just start making fun of him how there ain't no master here, and they're like there ain't no slaves either, haha. So Leroy just doesn't get the fact of these guys want him. Gone. because Leroy he's very innocent uh, he's not uh, he's not people smart you know Leroy is very uh, you know Leroy's great but the dude is very innocent uh, as I was saying he's just not people smart and that's why he works because of the fact of I think the fact of he had no acting talent is why this guy why 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 he's so awesome he's just he just works man this guy is just Oh, he's just so flipping good. So they make fun of him. He's like, you know what? Let me just tell this. Let me just tell him how how he he'll uh, he'll he'll understand. And he takes his hat off and he's just like, you go now, chop chop, holy ass out of here. And he goes, do you think you understood what I'm saying, my man? Yeah. And you know they go in. And of course, Leroy's just like, oh crap, uh, how am I gonna get in? Kind of thing. But uh, before he makes his return. There's one scene that's very, I mean, this is definitely the most emotional scene of the film. And uh, that's when Shogun, he realizes that since Leroy isn't going to fight him, he's going to make Leroy fight him. So what does he do? He goes down to, you know, the family's pizza shop, uh, you know, direct your pizza to Daddy Green's Pizza. A really awesome pizza shop, you know, reminds me of the pizza shops uh, from, from my home, uh, from the pizza shops around here. And uh, and Shogun and his boys they destroy the place, uh, and they actually take uh, 
They actually take Richie, throw him in the trash. They destroy it. They break all the windows. And uh, and then by the time they leave, when Leroy comes and finds out what happened, Richie just, you know, gets pissed off. And he's just like, you know what? He just says, you know, what good is that, uh, that mumbo-jumbo kung fu stuff if you can't even use it? You're a coward. You know, we everybody knows you're afraid of Shogun. You kiss his feet and everything. Why don't you go meditate on that? You start to see Leroy cry. You know, they got the dramatic music. And it, it is a very touching scene because of the fact of Leroy now has come to the point of there's no more, you know, no more peace. He's got to fight. You know, it's kind of like Mr. Miyagi finally gets to a point where he's got to stop being peaceful. And the only way to keep peace is to fight. And that's where Leroy has finally reached. You know, so mad at his own gymnasium, he starts to beat the crap out of a punching bag. And the scene where he, the the part where he was talking to his students about, you know, may God help me if I ever have to use my art. He's actually repeating that, but he's saying it very angrily and he's just punching and you just keep hearing coward, coward come through. And uh, and the dude's just, he's totally out of it. Laura shows up, tries to ask him to be uh, the bodyguard of her. And, uh, you know, that's when she's trying to basically confess her love. Just like, you know, you look like a master to me. I need a master kung fu man. And he's like, I am no master. Johnny, of course, shows up being Mr. Cool Suave and just tries to say, you know what? He's sick. You know, you're Laura Charles. How awesome is that? You know, he's just sick. Of course, he wants to help you. And Laura gets pissed off because he doesn't want to help her. And, and she takes off. Now, we finally see Ange uh, stand up for herself. Um when uh, she realizes that Eddie is all about killing Leroy and uh, that he's been using her this whole time. It's good to see that this character is, uh, you know, she's supposed to be weak, you know, not have any uh, any confidence in herself. And uh, she stands up to him and just says, you know what, uh, you're just a jerk, you know, you're you're using me for everything. And, uh, and just a really good scene. Now, another great scene that I love is uh, Eddie goes to, uh, to show enough to to hire him to take out Leroy and and Shonoff doesn't want the money which is pretty flipping awesome and what's funny is is uh is um Eddie always calls him Mr. Nuff and and Shonoff just just looks at him like real funny like I can't believe you're calling me that uh it's kind of one of the only funny faces that he makes throughout the film uh I love it it's some good stuff because he'll actually refer to him later on in the film again as Mr. Nuff uh good good stuff so we get the first talk of the glow of this film. Now, this is when, uh, you know, Leroy is trying to apologize to Laura for the way he spoke. And Laura's just like, you know what? I, I want to take you somewhere. I want to show you something. He starts to explain to her about the glow, how, uh, you know, if, if you possess it, uh, the, the magic you could do is just unbelievable. But in the wrong hands, it would be deadly. And uh, she starts to say, you know, kind of like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee's a master. And he's like, right. Which, you know, he's basically trying to confess to her that he really likes her, but uh, he's afraid to make any moves. He doesn't know any moves. And she's just like, you know, I'd love to help you with moves. And he tries to play it off like, oh, no, it's for a friend. Uh, but uh, she knows deep down uh, what he's trying to talk about. So she takes him to uh, Seventh Heaven, shows him this awesome Bruce Lee video, which is when we get to hear the glow for the first time, the awesome glow song. Uh, excellent, excellent flipping song. And uh, and it's really, really cool because uh, he's like Fist of Fury. We get a lot of really great Bruce Lee scenes of him kicking butt. Now, Leroy gets real cheese factor here. He's like, wah, wah, wah. He starts to like imitate the moves and kind of jump around now. 
Laura's totally cool with this. She's just like, I mean, it's like Big Bang Theory or some dude geeking out over Star Wars. He's geeking out over Bruce Lee. She thinks it's cute, amusing, which is why it works. That's why these two are so flipping good together. And uh, and she makes the move. She kisses him, and he's just kind of shocked. And uh, after he sees Bruce Lee kiss a girl on the, on the video, he's just like, you know, let's do it again. Now, Richie, of course, he sees that his brother is making the moves on his quote-unquote woman. Gets pissed off, just takes off storming, and, uh, and his friends are just like, you know what? He's doing a pretty good job because he starts to say he wouldn't even know what to do with it or where to put it. And he's like, you know, he looks like he's doing pretty fine himself. And now we get to the end of this music video and he starts to realize, ah, I should do like a secret identity in order to get into the uh, the master's, uh, the master's uh, doge, you know, the master's place. And uh, and that's when, of course, Laura is pissed off. Like, thanks a lot, Bruce. For kind of spoiling the day for me. Because Leroy again. He's got to leave. He's always got to leave Laura behind. Uh, so we see Eddie show up. Kidnap Laura. And uh, kidnap Richie. And uh, then we get to see Leroy. Uh, go to the Sum Dumb Goy. Uh, and, and it's a real funny scene. He's trying to be a pizza man. He starts to go through his different voices. Hey my man. What it look like. Hey my man. What it look like. Hey look like i mean it's flipping hysterical the kind of voices that he comes up with and then of course he uses his real voice to get in and the dudes know that it's leroy uh but they decide you know they're drunk they're high they just want to have fun with this guy because he's bringing him a pizza and leroy goes along with it he's just like you know what this is the way to the master i'm gonna go along with it really good funny scene them playing crabs uh or craps however you want to call it uh absolutely hysterical leroy uh, he gets kicked out because he's just like insisting on seeing the master. And they're like, you know what? Why don't you come out here? And they step him outside, lock the door. This is the point where you get to see Leroy pissed off. And we're talking beyond pissed off. The dude flipping breaks the door down and he goes, you will show me the master. You will show me the master now. He goes, there is no master. You lie. I mean, he's just like going off on this dude. You can tell he's going to beat the living crap out of these dudes. You've officially taken Leroy to like level 10 of like his boiling point. And, uh, and the dudes try to tell Leroy that it's just a machine. And, uh, and they show Leroy that it's just a machine. So what does Leroy do? He's got to go back and talk to his master. And just be like, what's the deal? Why did you send me on a mission? And uh, his master does one of the coolest things that uh, I've seen in a kung fu film. Gives him a fortune cookie. But what does he do? He takes the fortune out. And uh, and he opens it up and he just says, ah, he starts laughing. I'm like, think, Leroy, think. You just open a fortune without, you just open a, a fortune without a fortune in it. And he's just like, you know what, you, you had to go see a master, so I gave you a master. And he goes, well, what about this? You know, he shows him the medallion. He's just like, you know, a, a true artist would use it to hold up his pants. And by this point, Leroy, he's just devastated. Looks like he wants to cry. His master realized that the jokes are done. And he just says, fine, enough. And he goes, there is one place that you haven't looked. And it's there. Only there. And when you look there, you will finally find the master. And that's all that he says. And then he continues to do his packing and just says, are you going on a quest for knowledge? He goes, no, I'm going to visit my mom in uh, Miami. And just smiles. And, and that's the last time 
that you see the master. So Leroy is just at this point, he's got to figure out exactly, there's nowhere else to go. How does he find the master? Now we get to the the big scene of the film, the final 20 minutes. Because, uh, you know, Angie comes up to Johnny and just tells him that Laura's been kidnapped. Laura's been kidnapped. Uh, Richie's been kidnapped. And that it's... Uh, you know, he's got to stay away from 7th Heaven. And, uh, and you know, we have uh, Leroy dressed up like a ninja, ready to rock and roll. Johnny's just like, you can't do it. You know, I got to come with you. And uh, Leroy tricks him and says, don't you need a weapon? And what does he do? He locks him up in the weapons cabinet. Leroy's going to go on the mission alone to go rescue Laura and uh, and Richie. Now we get Ernie Rees Jr. shows up. Little tiny kid, man. Oh, good times. And you know, he he helps Johnny get out and uh and they go to go rescue uh good old Leroy. So Leroy shows up and uh we get in this dance club and we get freaked out because it's all black and we see on the screen Leroy, you know, real loud from Eddie Arcadian and and the screen effects start to go in and out and uh all the dudes that he was interviewing prior in the film, uh, these are all guys he was uh, interviewing to basically kill Leroy. These guys are going to now attack Leroy. So there's like, there's like ten, there's like ten dudes. Now they showed you in the video of the glow, Bruce Lee taking out a whole bunch of dudes all at once, and that's exactly what they do. They recreate like the the fist of fury taking on 10 dudes at once and Leroy man he's just killing it he's whooping dudes he's got his like like chain thing that looks kind of like a nunchuck until we get to Goliath Goliath takes like his nunchuck bites it in half and uh, he starts to kick he starts to beat up Leroy and then Johnny Ernie Reese Jr. and the whole entire class that uh, that Leroy teaches come in and, and save his butt. Now here's what's awesome. They got the, they got the music playing and and it's good stuff. So we see Johnny actually fight. You know he's just like once he punches some dude in the face, he's like I know how to fight. You know it's like I actually know what I'm doing. Then we see Ernie Reese Jr. get into get into some fighting and man this dude he like break dance as he fights. It's so flipping cool. And actually um, Richie is uh, in ropes. While they're taking Laura away. So he uses breakdance moves to kind of get out of the rope. But uh, this whole scene is just awesome. The the music is killer. Uh, the martial art. The kung fu is just flipping awesome. You see Johnny and Ernie Reese Jr. Just working it together. Kicking some major ass. Uh, taking dudes out. And, uh, and Ernie Reese Jr. does this awesome like jump off. Uh, jump off like this um, this stage and he, he uses one foot in the air and then turns it to the other and uses the other foot to kick the other oh man I don't know how to describe it, it just looks so flipping awesome uh, so that scene is pretty awesome uh, and then of course Eddie tells Leroy hey I got your woman they take off so what does Leroy got to do he's got to go rescue Laura of course because that's what he does this is like the, the third time that he has to go rescue Laura well here's the thing Dude doesn't realize that we got Shogun there, Shonuff, uh, to take on Leroy. And, uh, and man, this is some good stuff. Now, uh, now Richie, you know, he, he's trying to, to find Laura as well. And uh, one of the guys that's part of Shonuff's crew, uh, Richie, like, kicks him in the balls. And he's like, you'll never use that again. Now, when uh, Leroy, uh, you know, finds that Richie is there, he locks up Richie. Uh, for his protection you know and Richie's just like Leroy Leroy and then when Shogun shows up he's just like be careful at this point 
Richie is finally starting to uh, cheer for his brother, be proud of his brother because he knows that you know he's taken on all these dudes. He obviously knows his his kung fu, and and he's rescued him, and he's gonna rescue Laura. So we get a really cool fight between Shogun and, and uh, Leroy. I mean, Leroy gets some really good hits in, and then one Shogun, uh, he slaps him in the face and stuff. Uh, but there's this uh, one point where Richie's just like, "You can't do that to my brother," and uh, and, and then he like he hits him in the face. Shogun hits him in the face, and uh, and then he actually hits Leroy. He kicks him so hard he goes flying in a room, thinking that he's got Leroy knocked out. And Leroy comes around the other end and knocks him into kind of like a broken wall. So Leroy thinks he's done. I mean, he's kind of like bleeding from the ear and stuff. So he thinks he's done beating Shogun. All of a sudden, Shogun's like, Leroy! And the music kicks in. This is where they play the song, uh, The Last Dragon. Now, this song is like, on the soundtrack, it's like six and a half minutes long. I mean, it's one of the longest songs that I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I know there's like epic 10-minute long songs, but seriously, this song is very long. What you hear in the movie is the exact same that you hear on the soundtrack. It's like six and a half minutes long. So here is the point of the film that we need to talk about. So this whole time, we've been going along for this awesome musical Kung Fu ride. I mean, we've we've been loving our characters. We've been loving Le- Leroy. We've been loving Richie. We've been loving Shogun. We've been loving Laura. Uh, I mean, everything has been awesome. So this is the point where... They, uh, they take a carpet and they pull it they pull it from under you. So there's two types of people at this point in the game. There's the left side and then there's the right side. And you're probably saying, what are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. The glow. Uh, Shogun all of a sudden starts to light up red. Now, uh, there's the left side that's going to be like, holy shnikes. That is flipping awesome. And then there's going to be the right side that's going to be like, holy shnikes, over the top and shut the movie off. Now, you've come this far. Most of the people on the right-hand side are going to be like, okay, I kind of got to see what happens. But this movie just went off the rails. I mean, it just jumped the shark, uh, went off its rocker, you name it. But then the people on the left-hand side, which... I'm the person on the left-hand side are just like, so that's what the glow is because in the video of the music video of the glow, when Bruce Lee was doing that, they show Bruce Lee doing his arms kind of like he's moving, he's moving so fast uh, in a way where it's slow, but he's not actually lighting up. So now you're kind of like Star Wars Kung Fu. You're dealing with uh, the bad guy who's got the red uh, outline. So when he hits you, you're being hit with electricity. Now, there's no flipping kung fu movie on the face of the planet that has uh, electric dudes of electricity beating the crap out of each other. But uh, that's what the glow is. That's part of The Last Dragon where you've, you've reached the final level where now you have this glow, which... You know, the glow, it's uh—it's like this mystical energy that, uh, you know, as I was saying, you, you can only get it uh, when you become the master and your, your hands glow and it just means that you're the best in the world and your whole entire body glows and now you're the greatest fighter alive. So now you, this is excellent thinking of the producers because they're like, okay, everything's cool in this movie, but if we show people some dudes with uh, a glow and electricity 
uh, like, you know, the first 45 minutes, people are going to walk out of the theater. But if we can pull them in and they're this invested in the characters, we can do this crazy off the wall, off the rocker thing and people will go along with it. I mean, the music definitely helps. And, uh, and this scene is just so badass. I mean, Shogun is just beating the crap out of Leroy. You're thinking Leroy doesn't have any... There's no way the dude's going to flip and survive this. I mean, that's just how bad he's kicking his butt. So if you're along for the ride and you're like, okay, the electricity and the glow, that's flipping cool. The rest of this movie just gets better. But if you're not with it, then this movie probably tanked for you. And maybe that's probably the biggest reason why this had a, a bad negative review and why now it's a big cult status film. So so anyways, The Glow, we're out of the way, which is why I purposely didn't talk about it earlier because uh, for some it could be a sore subject, others it's like it's the coolest thing. But they they build this up, they build up The Glow, they build it up, they little by little, we're talking about it, the, the song, The Glow, they build and build and build and build. And they give it to you, and uh, either you're gonna take it or you're not. So one of people's, one of the the scenes that people love is when uh, Shogun just takes Leroy, sticks his head in, in water, and just says, "Now, when I ask you who is the master, you say Shogun." Uh, and Leroy's just like, he just shakes his head no, and he he starts to drown him. Now as he's drowning Leroy, Leroy starts to get the flashes back of his master saying, "There is a place." Uh, that you have not looked and it's there only there that you will find the master and then he remembers Laura saying you look like a master to me uh, and he starts to realize that uh, the master is inside of him so like the third time he's dunked he gets up and he's like now I'm going to ask you one more time who is the master Leroy big old grin says I am and then Shogun's like ah and it looks like he's going to just, just punch him to death Leroy grabs his fist, starts to crush it, he starts to, to glow all like gold. He's like, I am, and he starts to laugh like, haha, I just, you know, I got it now and you don't. And Shogun's just like, oh crap, I'm in trouble. Leroy kicks the living crap out of Shogun. And you got the really cool uh, fighting between each other. Like I said, it's like Star Wars Kung Fu almost. It's flipping awesome. And, and the cool thing is, is after Leroy kicks the crap out of Shogun, Shogun's kind of just chilling. Uh, with his head in the water and, and Leroy being the gentleman and the master that he is takes Shogun out of the water and sticks his head over so he doesn't suffocate and die like a true master would so now we get uh, we get Eddie that we gotta deal with here so Eddie's just like you know what I can't believe I just saw that but you know what it all ends here with the 45 now if you remember the line earlier in the film where Shogun's like catches bullets with his teeth yeah you got it We've officially gone off the rails to off the mountain. This is the point of the film where flipping Leroy catches a bullet with his teeth. Uh, you can believe it or not, but uh, I go along with it. It's cool. Uh, it's stupid and cheesy and dumb as it is. I flip and go with it, and it's flipping awesome. Leroy catches the bullet, uh, and and uh, and he, he, he leaves, of course. Laura thinks he's there, but he just takes off. And that's just because he's going to come back later with a bunch of flowers and just say, you know, can you show me some moves? Because, you know, this is now it's seventh heaven and uh, and his brother is dancing and stuff like that. And as he's saying this loud, can you show me some moves? The music's playing. So when they actually cut the music, everybody heard him say it. Everybody starts laughing. And uh, Richie's friend just say, look at the cornbread. He's old. He ain't no cornbread. He's my brother. And he is the master. So this is where Richie has accepted his brother. 
and uh, and Leroy gets his woman. They kiss. They go up together. Movie ends. So, oh man, some good stuff. So the question remains: uh, How awesome? And what do I rate this film? Now, if I was on the right hand side of the group. I probably would give this a bad rating because I'm just like, I can't handle the overtop, it's stupid, it's ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. Lucky for me, I'm on the left-hand side, so I go along with it. I flip and love the characters. Uh, I love the story. Uh, I love the music. Uh, I just, I love, I love Leroy. He's just so flipping awesome. The dude just, man, he's so awesome in martial arts. To me, I look at him just like, that's Bruce Lee too. You know, it's just, oh, he's so good, man. I mean, I know I should look at Brandon Lee and be like, that's Bruce Lee too, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, I guess he's Bruce Lee three, but I flip and love Leroy. Uh, great movie. Um, do I ha- I actually don't have any problems with the film. You know, really, I, you know, with Major League, I said I didn't have any problems and I gave it like a perfect score. And, uh, you know, I love this movie so much. I've seen it so many times. I know all the parts. I enjoy every part just like I do before. Um, it's so flipping good. I love it. Uh, hands down, five stars. I mean, for me, it's a perfect film because it's it's got everything, man. It's got kick-ass kung fu Awesome characters, awesome music, great story. It's funny. Uh, it's sad. Uh, it's got some action packed. Um, it's memorable. And uh, yeah, it's from the 80s. But you know what? This movie could so be remade today and it would so rock. I mean, think about it. They're going to remake this film. And uh, and we have uh, Samuel L. Jackson is going to be playing Shonuff. I mean, how flipping awesome is that? Now, it's going to be produced by uh, Barry Gordy's son, Kerry Gordy. So we're going to get the same kind of treatment, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, and hopefully, uh, Tymac can... Uh, he, he's supposed to make a cameo performance. I think it'll happen, so we'll see. So that that's my review of The Last Dragon. Go pick up this film. It's flipping awesome. It's just as good today as it was back in the 80s. Uh, it's some excellent good times. Uh, the Kung Fu is just amazing. Um, it's just so good. The characters, the music, it's got the whole package. Excellent, excellent film. Uh, absolutely love it. It is great. So that is what I got, guys, for The Last Dragon. So let's go ahead and get into what the STL Nation had to say. Alright, so emails this week. The first one we get, uh, we got from uh, Cheerful Charlie. Now, this one's not about The Last Dragon. Um, This one's about Independence Day. He said, hey, Masunis, have you ever thought about reviewing some old school movies? Which, have you not seen my past catalog of 50 plus movies where 97% of them are older movies than newer movies? So... Yep, I've thought about reviewing some old school movies, which I gave him crap about this offline. I was like, dude, did you not look at half of my movie list here? Okay, it's just old school fun movies. Okay, it doesn't necessarily have to be from the 80s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, whatever, but uh, it's just old school movies. He says, uh, one in particular I'd like to see review is Independence Day starring Will Smith from 1996, which I could totally do that around the, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, cause around July we're going to be getting the Batman series. So, you know, Batman's going to be coming out 
in uh, in July. So we'll see. But I can definitely add it to the list, sir, because I enjoy Independence Day. Uh, for me, the best disaster film, hands down, is The Day After Tomorrow. But Independence Day is definitely up there. He said, I saw in the theater and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yes, when you do the Batman series of movies, please re-review the 1989 Batman movie, It Rocked. Uh, which I did ask if you would like me to re-review Batman 89, which I will be more than happy to go ahead and review again. No problem. Uh, it rocked. Have also you thought about reviewing, again, old school movies, uh, the Superman movies, or even the Fantastic Four? Uh, the Superman movies, as I said on Facebook, uh, will not be done until next year when uh, the Superman Man of Steel movie will be coming out. That's when I'll be doing the Superman movies. Fantastic Four. Nope, not doing the Fantastic Four. It was okay. Uh, not enough fun factor for me to review those movies. Uh, just some ideas. And as far as music, I love to hear you play. It's been a few years. Uh, but Dennis D. Young's title track from uh, 2009 album, 100 Years From Now. Great song. Um, yeah, sir, I can definitely take your request, put it on the list. Uh, I do have the Music Spotlight songs kind of planned out for a while. But I can definitely take your suggestion, bookmark it, and add it to the list, sir. So thank you so much. Uh, now our next email comes from John the Music Man. He said, hello, sir. Let's talk about The Last Dragon. This is a great 80s film with Kung Fu Cheese. Uh, my favorite part is at the end with uh, Leroy getting his head dunked in the tank. And they do the montage of why he's the master. Then bam, he is asked who is the master and does the Austin Bruce Lee moves and gets the glow. Uh, I just rewatched it. It doesn't hold up to modern times, which I totally disagree with you on that, sir. This film, they're very, I can't really think of a scene. I mean, okay. So we have the dance club, which we still have dance clubs. Now, granted, there's a music video play, which we don't have a whole lot of music videos play, but we still got a, a pizza place. We got tagging all over the place, which there's gang members that are tagging stuff all over the place. So that's definitely relevant. Now, granted, you're... Uh, your typical bully wouldn't be having no hockey pad or football pads on, walking around saying show enough and that kind of stuff. But he's definitely a badass bully, which we still have plenty of those, uh, unfortunately, around. So I, I definitely can argue the fact of this movie would hold up in modern times. Um, there's no computers or cell phones or anything like that in the film, which would kind of date it. Um, you know, and they play old school films in theaters. So the dudes watching an old school Bruce Lee film would totally happen. So, um, but uh, he goes on to say that, uh, and I don't take away, uh, but it doesn't take away from the fun of this movie, and I can still rewatch it over and over. Uh, John the Music Man in Philly putting the headphones back on to listen to some Toby Mac with some van Vanilla Ice songs mixed in, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, he just recently became a fan of uh, Toby Mac from the previous episodes played and uh, it's some good stuff love that guy and then he's also got the new vanilla ice cd which is flipping awesome you know you know me i'm an advocate for vanilla ice he's got some excellent stuff you guys just don't know it yet uh or or heard it you think of the the crappy ice ice baby you know shaved eyebrow but that's not that's not the vanilla ice man so so good stuff sir thank you so much for writing in uh now we have uh good old uh monday night jason writes in and uh, he's like what is up mr masunis and the stl nation just wanted to drop a few lines about one of my all-time favorite movies of the 80s the last dragon now i won't go into detail about it but uh, it has one-liners and quotes that I've remembered for years. The most memorable one would be Bruce Leroy catches bullets with his teeth. 
I love the story and the action is flick. The characters of Leroy and Laura were solid to me and I really felt the chemistry between the two. We also have the younger Ernie Reese Jr. How uh, how awesome he was as well. All in all, I would give this uh, a 4.5 out of 5. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the remake whenever it's made. I personally think that Sam Jackson would be the perfect choice for the, the baddest mofo show enough, and hopefully we get to see some Tymac who was played by the uh, who's played the, who played the original Leroy. Uh, he also goes on to say that uh, this film was actually uh, on VHS. He wanted to buy it, but back then the movie was like a hundred dollars. Which yes, VHS tapes back in the day were like eighty to a hundred bucks when they first came out. They were ridiculously priced. The cheapest VHS brand new was like sixty dollars. So I hear you, sir. I remember those days when VHS were like eighty to a hundred bucks. It was ridiculous. Uh, it was like the third movie, and it would always cut off when Shogun and Leroy would always fight and it always pissed them off. He says, I also wanted to run some video game stuff by you to see uh, how you felt about it. The word is is that in the next couple of years, the video game industry has plans in changing two things in conjunction with the next generation consoles, which uh, I'm not a fan of the next generation consoles. I think they should just stick with the PS3, the Xbox 360, and just build on that. They even said that they can't get the graphics any better than that. I think they should just stick with that because I'm tired of buying a new console every three to four years. Flipping sucks. But he says, uh, trying to put a dent in the used video games sell by uh, by making a lot of the content only available with new copies with the verification code and uh, the possibility of making all games for all platforms downloadable. Uh, I know a lot of this. I know a lot of people may not even think about this, but most people I know buy games because of the 60 to $70 price joint. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. So here's the thing that I like about the, the video game industry, like Mortal Kombat, for example. You buy Mortal Kombat and you get new characters every month. You had like five downloadable characters. I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm cool with paying three bucks to get a downloadable character. That's awesome. I don't have to pay $70 to get a new game. I can just get new content. I can get challenge maps. I can get all that stuff. I love that aspect. I hear what you're saying about them trying to get rid of the used quote-unquote games because they don't make any money when games go to GameStop uh, and stuff like that. So, But, uh, you know, I think it would totally suck if uh, they make every game downloadable because think about it. You, you download a game online, not everybody backs it up on a hard drive and if your hard drive crashes because you know xboxes are famous for crashing uh a lot of people have gone through numerous hard drives on xboxes you lose that stuff versus you buy the game it's on a disc there you go a lot of games are really hard to copy and put on discs so i don't know man it's hard to say i hope they don't go down the way of all exclusive downloadable uh, content um, i would hope that they would lower the game after a long period of time but who knows? Uh, he says, uh, I guess I'll cut it off from there. I'll be waiting to hear your thoughts on the Avengers. And let's hope this movie starts out the summer with a bang. Keep up the good work and we'll holler at you later. Uh, Monday night, Jason. So we know Avengers are going to kick off the summer with a bang. Technically, uh, you could say that the Hunger Games started off the summer. I guess they kind of started off early with the bang. But Avengers is going to be flipping awesome. No doubt about it. And uh, and I, I would say that uh, if you guys are going to go out... Uh, at this point, uh, I'll go ahead and release Avengers on Tuesday um, unless I 
post on Facebook. Otherwise, that I'll release it Friday night, just in case you were gonna go see it this weekend. You don't go obviously the midnight showing, or you don't see a Friday, but you plan on seeing it Saturday. Go ahead, go watch the movie, and then get your emails into me before Tuesday. And, uh, and then I'll release the Avengers episode on Tuesday. So that's the plan there. And uh, and that's it from Monday Night Jason. So thank you, sir. Always a good time to hear from you. And the last one comes from Cheerful Charlie. And this one's on The Last Dragon. He said, hey, Masunas, I unfortunately have not seen The Last Dragon, which, you know, I can't believe you haven't seen this movie, sir. But it is one that I will try to find. I am, however, going to see The Avengers with my girlfriend this weekend. Woohoo! Looking forward to your review. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too because I can't wait to review The Avengers. It's going to be awesome. So, uh, so that is all we have, guys. Thanks so much for all the emails. If you want to write in, it's SweetDelayPodcast.Yahoo.com. So feel free to write in on The Last Dragon or on The Avengers. I'd love to hear it. So let's go ahead and get into the Spotlight song. Here comes the... All right, spotlight song time. So uh, last episode was a real big treat. You know, that was the party episode. So uh, I didn't play one. I didn't play two, but I played three spotlight songs for you. Now, normally I only play one spotlight song, but for this episode, uh, I cannot end this episode without playing The Glow. I mean, that song is just flipping awesome. Uh, Really hard to find, actually, uh, from what I hear, but I have the soundtrack, so it's all good. But the main spotlight song tonight that I'm going to play for you uh, is uh, is Heartless. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I actually, you know, with uh, with remakes of songs, for me, remakes of songs are, are really hard. You know, it's a lot of times people do a remix of a song um, or they'll try to redo a song. Very rarely have I found a song where I actually enjoyed the remake better than the original uh like for example i really enjoy alien ant farm smooth criminal uh from michael jackson of course i would take the michael jackson version any day over the alien ant farm version but the alien ant farm version is different enough that i really really enjoy it uh, i really enjoy fallout boys uh beat it which is again another michael jackson song awesome rock and roll song it's some good stuff now uh there's this one song which is called heartless now it probably sounds familiar if you're a kanye west fan which you know i know kanye west is the most arrogant douchebag that there is but you know the guys come out with some good songs gold digger i flip in every time that song comes on i'm just like i have to hear that song it's just i cannot stop myself from jamming to it but there's this one song he has it's called heartless now um, this is not the Kanye West version. This is the version from Chris Allen. Now, that may, that name may sound familiar to you or it may not. Chris Allen actually came from American Idol. Uh, this was a couple seasons ago. This was the year of Adam Lambert, which Adam Lambert was the uh, the openly gay uh, rock and roll guy that, you know, painted his nails and uh, he was just had a really high, high pitched voice and just a lot of people just loved and adored him. And Chris was just the really cool, calm, acoustic guitar kind of guy. Now, Chris, towards the end of American Idol, uh, he took Kanye West's heart, Heartless, uh, and he made it his own thing. He kind of sped it up a little bit, and uh, 
everybody just loved and adored the way that he did it. And for his album, his debut album, uh, that was the very last song on the album. Now, I flippin' love this version. It is so good. I listen to it all the time. It's flippin' amazing. Now, if you like the Kanye West version, you're gonna love this version. I'm actually, I'm actually interested to hear uh, the Kanye West fans out there if you actually love this version. Uh, more of the responses they love this version more than the Kanye West version, or they uh, they find it it's the best cover version of that song that they've ever heard. Uh, this is one of the best versions, re- remake versions of a song that actually is better than the original in my opinion so and there's only a few of those songs there's a lot of songs that are redone that i i really enjoy just as much as the original but this one for me kills the kanye west version so that's the main spotlight song and then after that you will get uh the glow uh to to end it all so that's what i got guys for the music spotlight so if you want to write in please do at sweep delay podcast yahoo.com you're not a fan on Facebook, go to www.facebook.com slash sweep delay podcast. You want to follow on Twitter, it's STL Podcast and the iTunes. Please, 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 if you have not already, we got 16 rating ratings on iTunes with 12 reviews. Um, if you have already left a review, you can't do it again. If you try to do it again, it'll just override your original review. So anybody out there that has not written a review or rating, please do so. Uh, the more would be excellent. Um, the, you know, it'll get out to more people. Uh, and then also there's a YouTube channel hasn't updated it too much, but it's sweep delay podcast. Uh, if you type it in YouTube, uh, there's a sweep delay podcast, YouTube channel. Uh, I will try to get some more videos posted on there. Um, and then there's also a Facebook group STL, the STL nation randomness. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, Facebook group, it's been some fun times. Go ahead and, uh, type that in Facebook and then I will accept you. So. Uh, That's everything, guys. That's all I have for you. And I will catch you uh, next week when we talk the Avengers. So please, uh, if you're just thinking about writing in, uh, but you're like, oh, I don't want to write into another podcast, just take the one you already wrote into somebody else, copy, paste it, and just send it to me. That's all good, too. So I am very excited. Uh, Wish me luck on my adventure of staying awake at midnight, but I'm sure the adrenaline will kick in and it will be all good. So uh, you guys take care. This is Masunis out. In the night, I hear him talk. The coldest story ever told. Somewhere far along this road, he lost his soul to a woman so heartless. How could you be so heartless? Oh, how could you be so heartless? Could you be so cold as a winner when winning breeze, yo? Just remember that you talking to me, though. You need to watch the way you're talking to me, you know. Mean after all the things that we've been through. Mean after all the things we got into. You are knowing some things that you ain't told me. Yo, I did some things, but that's a old me. And now you wanna give me back and you gon' show me. And you walk around like you don't know me. You got a new friend, well, like our homies. But in the end, it's still so lonely. In the night, Peace.
Why could you be so Dr. Evil? You bring it out inside of me that I don't know. I decided we weren't gonna speak, so I'll be up 3 a.m. on the phone. Why does she be so mad at me for? Homie, I don't know, she's hot and cold. I won't stop, won't mess my groove up, cause I already know how this thing goes. You run and tell your friends that you're leaving me. They say that they don't see what you see in me. You wait a couple months and you gon' see. You never find nobody better than me. Cause in the night, I kill talk. Go to story, yeah, I'm a tone. Somewhere far along this road, he lost his soul. To a woman so heartless. How could you be so heartless? You feel the world 
everybody know that you need to glow, you need to glow, to glow, to glow. And if you love to live, you live the life the way you love to love, you take to give. Cause when you got the glow, you see it on your face, you feel it in your head. People understand that you got the glow, and they'll beware, cause the power's there when you got the glow. 